0: Welcome back to another episode of Nose on the Wall. Happy New Year. I am your host, Justin Reed. I hope your holiday season was happy and merry and joyous and cheerful and grateful and all the other fools and whatnot that, that could describe the holiday season. Um, before I introduce the guests for this episode, I wanted to talk about our sponsor, Free Lunch Coffee. Free Lunch Coffee is a fantastic coffee brand that donates 50% of their earnings to nonprofits that are combating child hunger. Um, you know, not only is, is the mission fantastic, uh, but the coffee is equally as fantastic. Um, so, if you're drinking the coffee anyway, which I am doing qu- quite a bit of, um, you know, you might as well contribute towards you know, those in need. So, listeners of, of this podcast uh, can go to freelunchcoffee.com/nose. That is F-R-E-E-L-U-N-C-H-C-O-F-F-E-E dot com slash nose and enter the promo code at checkout nose for 10% off your order. So you get great coffee, you help some kids, and you get a discount. It's really a no-brainer. So please, if you can, this is what uh, helps pay the bills for this show. Um, give Free Lunch Coffee a look. I, I think you'll, you'll enjoy the coffee and enjoy making an impact on the world. Today's episode I bring in a, an old college roommate of mine, Taylor, and uh, we, like we do on this show, unpack his childhood and uh, and get to get get to the nitty gritty of, of growing up. And I we, we talk a little bit about you know some of our, our personal tendencies and kind of uh, how those came to be and and things that we can do to kind of not right the wrong but allow ourselves to be nicer to ourselves when it comes to our mental health and just kind of how we how we treat ourselves. And, um, you know, I I had I had a nice time reminiscing with with an old friend of mine, and I hope that you enjoy him, too. So without further ado, my friend Taylor. Quick word from our sponsor, Anchor. Anchor is the one stop shop for all things podcast production from creating, editing, distributing, uh, monetizing your podcast. All of it is easily done from Anchor's comprehensive platform. Um, if you're thinking of creating a podcast, I'd highly recommend it. That. That's what Notes on the Wall is uh, produced and distributed by. For more information, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R.fm to get started. Now back to the show. All right. With me, I've got an old roommate from the Florida State University, Mr. Taylor. How you doing, buddy? Doing well. Excited to be here. Yeah, thanks for doing it, man. So we'll jump right into it. We're gonna unpack your childhood and expose all of your deepest, darkest secrets to oh boy the entire world. for it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll start with you. The same question that I start all of these. Thinking back to your childhood, what
1: was your favorite smell? My favorite childhood? smell? Yeah. Oh boy. Um hmm that's an interesting one i've never really thought about that you know it's probably got to be something that my mom cooked she had this so my favorite recipe that she cooked and it's kind of weird she she made this this like asian chicken pizza with a peanut butter and garlic sauce which like sounds really revolting and it actually when you're when you're like i I tell people about it sometimes and like that sounds gross but like Mm -hmm. you have to try it first like it's It's one of the most delicious things I've ever eaten in my life, still to this day. Um, But it actually, when she's cooking it, it smells kind of, like, funky. Like, when I was really little, I remember, like, distinctly not liking the smell of it until I actually tried it. And then every time she cooked it from then on out, I was, like, you know, instant mouthwatering.
0: Right. I think people just don't, like, their palates aren't used to anything that isn't, like, french fries.
1: (laughs) Right, right. It's, (laughs) like, savory and sweet together. Exactly. How could you ever...
0: Oh yeah no i think that sounds fantastic yeah putting yeah. it on a pizza is interesting
1: it's well so it wasn't it wasn't like a your traditional you know sauce pizza it was a swiss sure. cheese the peanut the sauce was a peanut butter sauce and then mm-hmm. uh chicken chives uh puff pastry crust
0: Wait, they had swiss cheese on it yeah yeah see that that's where i'm like that's interesting yeah
1: but swiss cheese is like kind of sweet you know it's got a little bit of a like a creamy flavor to it yeah i I get the, uh, pretty pretty well. I think
0: the disconnect in my head is I don't think of cheese and Asian cuisine like going together at all. Yeah. so I think that's yeah. where,
1: that's where it kind of like, <laughs> it's definitely really, it's, it's really funky looking too. I'm not going to lie to you. It's oh, really? like not the most, it's not the most appetizing looking meal on the planet, but you know, she's not going to get a Michelin star for it, but it tastes <laughs> great. <laughs> it, it's good to
0: placate the hungry seven-year-old. Oh Yeah. And, did you guys, were you like a traditional, everyone sits at the table, no phones, like what was, what was the
1: Taylor's family dinner table? What'd that look like? Um, So with my mom, it was very traditional. You know, we all sat around the table, you know, I grew up Catholic. So we said a little prayer before, before dinner time, um, you know, and uh, yeah, we all, you know, sat around the table, talked, we weren't allowed to get up until everybody was finished eating. But then at my dad's house, it was kind of just like fucking like a free for all, you know? <laughs> right. He'd put the he'd put the meal in the microwave. You know, we'd be sitting down on the couch watching TV. He'd come over. You know. Well, once we got older, he started getting like these little little tray things, so we'd each have like a yeah, surface but- to eat on. But before you know, he started actually caring about the cleanliness of his home. We would just you know eat right on the couch and whatever fell fell.
0: <laughs> right. So, like looking back on like that, that's a pretty clearly different dynamic oh, yeah. at your two houses. So, my guess. And this may just mean me like projecting onto you. My guess is that as a kid, you were like, "Dad's house is awesome." Oh yeah. But looking back on it, you're like, "What the fuck was that?"
1: Right, right. So when I, I'm, you know, as I started getting older too, there were some things that I realized, like maybe I don't want to be living in a house like this. You know, there's, <laughs> uh, you know, my dad was a classic bachelor. He cleaned his house maybe like once or twice a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's you know a couple piles of bugs in the corner. You know. Ooh. That kind of stuff. My, I had a couple friends that would walk in, and they were like pretty convinced that there were dead puppies hiding in the walls. But, oh my God. <laughs> um, but yeah, my mom's house uh, when I was a kid, she drove me crazy. You know, I'd always yell at her if she got pissed at me for you know have clothes on the floor or something. I'd be like, I'm just gonna go to dad's house. He never gives me shit about this. You know, right? You know, a seven year olds say to their mother.
0: <laughs> right. Did you use Did you use like their divorce as a weapon when you were growing up,
1: like in um, arguments with your parents? No. I think, I think as I got older and I started to have a little bit more empathy and no, but when I was a little kid, I definitely did. You know, if, uh, if my mom said something to piss me off or was like, you know, getting on my case and be like, I, I love dad more than you or, you Oof. know, yeah. Stuff kids say that when you look back on it as an adult, you're like, what the fuck, dude? That's like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know the
0: one that really, for me, the one that jumps out, I remember it was probably my like sophomore year of high school, I think and my mom was driving me to band camp hmm. so we were driving It was probably what like 6 45 in the morning because band camp starts at way too early right and we were just kind of like driving in silence i don't remember the exact context of it but so- somehow she brought she was just like like am i just a chauffeur to you or something <laughs> something she phrased it something some some way like that and she was like, you know, I'm still your mom. And I was just like, I mean, whatever. That's <laughs> all I, I, said, I, mean, I was really, really awful. I right. Classic I insensitive mean, teenager. I mean, it was something to the effect of like, that's all you are. <laughs> <laughs> it's so my mean. Ride. It's so mean. And I, I yeah. feel really bad. I feel really yeah. bad about it. This kind Um, of stuff that makes you cringe when you,
1: you know, because I think like, man, if my, if I ever had a kid and they said that to me, goddamn, like,
0: (laughs) (laughs) I would fuck them up.
1: (laughs) Yes, beat the hell out of them. We're not getting into child abuse on this podcast.
0: No, no, no. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but yeah, kids are mean, man.
1: Yeah brutal i was uh i was playing a board game with my little cousin the other day and he was just Mm -hmm. like we were playing battleship and you know he was kind of kicking my ass and he was just being (laughs) ruthless like a ruthless sore winner i was like dude you gotta chill out like Like every time he, he would be like, "Really, you placed your ship right in the middle, idiot!" Like it's <laughs> like, "Damn, son!" It's like, like, "Put a put a put a GameCube controller in my hand. Let's play some Super Smash Bros. I'll mop the floor with you, <laughs> little little twerp." And <laughs> yeah, they
0: don't know like what a GameCube even looks right, like. They're like what? <laughs> Where's the touch screen? <laughs> right. <laughs> Actually, that's that serves as a pretty decent segue into my next section. What were like the defining video games?
1: of your childhood oh super smash bros big time period it was uh super smash bros pokemon uh Mm -hmm. but i was i was pretty into super smash bros because that was you know i was always more my brother was always like more strategically uh oriented than me and kind of more of a thinker and i was just always really good at the you know kind of uh uh, you know button mashy (laughs) button mashy kind of you know more Things that take a little bit more, you know, technical skill, just like technical things in general, you know, like he was, he was better at baseball. I was better at basketball, uh, you know, which is, um, well, I guess that's, that's pretty technical too, but you know, uh just in general with, uh, and he was always like more into like the Yu-Gi-Oh cards and I was more into, you know, super smash bros. I played a lot of, uh, just, uh, NBA, whatever. It wasn't 2k right. back then, but whatever it was, you know, wasn't it? just a lot
0: of the, I think I had like a, I had 2K5. Yeah, maybe like like...
1: 2K, whichever one was for the GameCube, I'd always just play Mm. Kobe Bryant, you know, drill (laughs) (laughs) three-pointers. You'd always get really pissed. God, that's funny. (laughs) (laughs) R.I.P.
0: You know, with Kobe, they were like, there's nothing that he can't ascend over. And he's this amazing thing. I was like, he couldn't ascend over, you know, a mountain. (laughs) i might edit that i don't know probably not we'll see see how it goes
1: (laughs) people 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 dig that insensitive stuff sometimes it's that kind of year
0: Uh, well not anymore we've we've turned the page you are you're going to be the first episode of 2021 so let's Mm. we'll try to set it on a positive more uplifting New, new year's
1: resolution is to
0: be more sensitive um actually you know what's funny is it's not at all yeah
1: um the opposite
0: Yeah, well, kind of, kind of. I was talking about this with, uh, on the other podcast I do, The Grown-Up Slumber Party, with Gabe, who, of course, you know well from our FSU time, and then my wife, Sarah. (laughs) And Never never met him before in my life. Um, But we were talking about, like, our New Year's resolutions. And the two of them, they're like, I want more structure. I want to get more systems in place so I can thrive. Stuff, kind of stuff in that, like, realm. Yeah, and they were the like, kind of stuff
1: nobody ever sticks to.
0: and they were Right. <laughs> and they were like, Justin, what about you? And I was like, I want to be more selfish. <laughs> I like that one. Well, at, truthfully, the reason being, like, I actually put some thought into it. It wasn't just like a, I'm an asshole, like right. reaction type of answer. It was like, I know myself well enough to know that as I leave my current job and move into this new job that starts on... The eleventh, that all of the boundaries that I had built up on professional boundaries and you know the sure I'll do this extra project, sure I'll do this, just like kind of loading up my plate. All of that will go out the window if I don't actively keep those walls up. Mm -hmm. So the selfishness is like more like self protection
1: and preservation. Right. Got to look out for yourself professionally.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Don't want to
1: do a crappy job. uh, Well because you're taking on too much
0: that and also just like my mental health and general well-being and whatnot. I mean, there were points in in this job that I'm in now that, you know, we've been work from home since March. So I have my little home office and Sarah's desk is just behind me. And, you know, we have we have these like leather office chairs and I would like slowly slump as the day went on. And she knew I was having a really bad day if she turned around and couldn't see my head anymore <laughs> because I just like slumped far enough down. Like laying down in your chair. Basically, basically, like I'm horizontal and my neck is propped up <laughs> and I'd be like arms extended, like barely. It's great. It's great for an, you. An ounce. Of, yeah, I'm sure oh, my back
1: did not like me, especially as we're yeah. getting old, man. Hmm. But. Just, I've been I've been the the bassoon's been aging me rapidly since I was like seventeen. so well,
0: when you chose to play the bassoon, you immediately turned fifty.
1: yeah, basically that's <laughs> an oh, wear all these all these knit sweaters
0: you've been you've rocked that cardigan game for years since high school. Yeah, I think you're the only you're the only not rich and only <laughs> straight man. That i have seen who can pull off
1: cardigans yeah it's like people are always so confused about me <laughs> it's like, you're poor and straight but what about yeah. the cardigans? <laughs> yeah i've been getting I, I've been, I i had like a hot little hiatus from my cardigans when i was living in california uh just because you know who the hell wants to put effort into looking nice when you're not leaving a, you know i lived in for for context for people who are listening, I went to a school that was one building, and I also lived in that building, so mm-hmm. never wanted to put effort into making myself look nice because I was just seeing the same people every day. So what did they care?
0: Right, because your uh, world was like a two block
1: radius. Yeah, a two block radius. But I've started since it's you know cold as shit in Washington D.C. all the time, at least for me. <laughs> uh, two Florida boys here, so he understands. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, getting back into them, they're pretty great. Yeah. But anyway, nice so we're <laughs> kind of reeling this back
0: in. Um, well, oh, goodness. I had the question on my list. Where to go? Da, 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 da. Oh, so we talked about, like, your parents' household and, like, kind of that <clears> difference <throat> between the two. Mm-hmm. How How did... What influences did you draw from each of your
1: parents? Um, So I think i think i drew very important things from both of them uh, you know my dad was always you know people people would kind of look at his house you know and think that <clears throat> he was like you know your assumption would be that he's like a he was you know a lazy guy didn't uh you know like keeping his stuff together but i think it was more just that um uh, he was very single-mindedly focused on his career he's in television production and mm-hmm. he's always been very passionate about that um you know i remember i remember late, late nights, he would, you know, spend the entire day working, come pick my brother up, my brother and I up at, you know, seven or eight from our mom's house, you know, have dinner with us, whatever. We'd sit on the couch for a while. He'd jump right back in, you know, dishes would be sitting in the sink and he would get on his computer and keep working because, you know, it's what he loved to do. And, uh, it's a cutthroat industry that, you know, he was, he was running his own business for a little while when I was in middle school. So, um, he had a lot of, a lot of stuff on his plate. So I think I got, you know, part a lot of my a lot of my work ethic and kind of my devotion to my music from from my dad and i drew a lot of that influence from him but um i think at the same token i uh kind of was able to keep myself from getting you know too far down the rabbit hole of being a uh disaster area um you know i I still i still keep myself my area pretty cluttered you know that you know i'm not very into organizing or you know i like leaving my clothes on the floor or whatever but i think there was a level of a a level of organization and a level of cleanliness that came from living with my mom and also just you know an appreciation for uh time spent with my family because my mom always you know made it uh You know, how how I said we sat down at like traditional dinners and stuff. And I think that was something that was very important for me growing up. Um, So, you know, there's good and bads on both ends of, uh, you know, when you're living with divorced parents and they both have uh, very different ways of uh, how they decide to raise you. Um, But yeah, and there was was definitely a level of strictness that my mom kept with me that uh, my dad certainly did not. Um, So Like what? Ah, you know, we would get like punished or something, you know, that I would mouth off to my mom and my mom would be like, all right, they're grounded for two weeks. Don't let them play video games when when they're at your house, Dwayne, you know, three days into it, we could be complaining too much and you'd just be like, all right, you get like 20 minutes on the video games where my mom was kind of more, more rigid, you know, you did this thing, you fucked up, like you're not gonna,
0: you're not
1: gonna do anything fun until, you know, you make up for it. So I think there's a, a level of personal accountability that she definitely blessed me with (laughs) right
0: other than just like getting away with it at your dad's house were there any times where you like tried to sidestep those punishments and groundings like any sneaking out any like how did you get away with not following those rules
1: um as far as the sneaking out goes you know i didn't really get into much of that until i was in high school but whenever i did sneak out it was exclusively at my dad's house <laughs> oh really <laughs> yeah you know my, my dad sleeps like a rock and as soon as he's asleep on the couch you know you can basically do whatever you wanted and same i think same applied <laughs> to playing video games and stuff you know he'd pass out on the couch because he'd been working all day at like nine o'clock and i'd be like all right time to play some smash bros for you know an you hour know. before i go to bed but uh right. even you know when i was grounded but um my mom is more like me she sleeps a lot more restlessly uh mm-hmm. so you know if i ever tried to pull a fast one on her she'd be up and out the door yelling at me <laughs> right right
0: did you actually sneak out
1: oh yeah yeah a few times oh my god
0: yep ever you're actually the first person that i've talked to that really? actually has snuck out <laughs> everyone else because that's that's like maybe it's movies and tv but like for me, so much of what I thought like the high school teenage experience was, was getting away with all that and sneaking yeah, out yeah. and drinking. Blah, 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 blah. And granted, I was grounded for most of my teen years. <laughs> Unsurprising. <laughs> mm-hmm. But like, I never even contemplated sneaking out. Yeah. Neither did Sarah, neither did m- most of our friend group or any of the other folks I've interviewed on this podcast like yeah. that's just the that's where most people draw the line.
1: I'm then, you you know I'm you. you know I'm always very interested in pushing the boundaries of what I'm allowed to do. <laughs> right? Were you ever caught sneaking out? Um so I wasn't ever caught sneaking out from my dad, um but there was one time uh my mom was out of town. See this goes into I can never get anything by her. Um my mom was out of the out of town visiting Randy, her boyfriend, uh right. for a weekend when I was a senior in high school. And my friends and I were like, "All right, it's time to have a party. So, you know, I was staying with my dad that weekend. And I was like, hey, I'm going to Nick and Santiago's house to have a sleepover. And he was like, all right, have fun. You know, don't do anything stupid. And I right. told their parents they were coming to my house. And then, you know, me and like seven or eight other people met up at my mom's house and we're, oh, you know, we're all doing a lot of you know, drinking and whatever. Yeah. Um and at one point in the night my you know I lived in a very heavily Hispanic community so there was a lot of dancing that went on whenever we got around and we're drinking together, <laughs> so my friends wanted to have some space to dance and I lived in a pretty small apartment that year with my mom. Because uh, it was just the two of us by then because my brother was off in college. Um, and uh, so we moved the furniture and a uh, mistake lesson the lesson we learned and the lesson for anybody who needs to know how to do this uh, take (laughs) pictures of the furniture before you do uh, any kind of moving around oh did you forget where it went so we didn't really forget where it went but my mom is so perceptive that Ah. things were like slightly off and she got into the house and immediately she was like something's weird here and she was like kind of looking around she just felt like really uncomfortable like someone had been in her house And she said the thing that cued her off was that the trash had been taken out. And she was like, hold on a second. If Taylor was here and he was in the house, if he wasn't doing anything wrong, he would never, ever take the trash out. And so then she called me and she was like, did you have a party at my house this weekend? And I was like, fuck, how did you know? And she was like, well, the furniture (laughs) was all over the place. I was like, damn it, we thought we got it.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. That's amazing. I like how... Yeah, the 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 what clued her into it was you did a chore. Right.
1: I did something that I was supposed to do and All she right. was she like,
0: like never. Taylor's his father's son. That wouldn't happen. He cleaned without
1: me asking <laughs> him to. Something's wrong here.
0: Yeah, that's kind of so funny. You know, I don't yeah. know why, but that makes me think of um our apartment in Tallahassee because just like hearing like the side by side of your mom and your dad's influences on you like you could see it in how you lived in that apartment and what i mean by that is you were of the four of us that lived in that apartment you were top two in keeping common areas neat and tidy yep that's my thing that stand (laughs) you know as far as like Nineteen-year-old boys' standard right?
1: Right. TV, Top right. two is not a, a high standard to reach for when, right? Right. <laughs> when yeah. it's, it, yeah, it was us two with the people we were, and then the other two, with. right? So yeah. common
0: areas, you did, you were flawless on the common areas, but right then you, and that's your mom, and then you opened your bedroom door, and you're like, "What <laughs> the <laughs> fuck happened here?" Bomb. Bomb <laughs> went off. It's it was a disaster crazy. area. It was crazy. It was, and it's like the level that you accepted for yourself and then the level that you accepted for your part in the group
1: setting yeah the two completely I think I'm a, different things I'm I'm I'm, I'm 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 much more empathetic towards other people than i am towards myself i i definitely hold the level i you know treat other people with to a, a higher standard than you know what i allow in my own room which right. you know i think it's a better way to live than the opposite for sure i i had a roommate my senior year um no names will be mentioned but you know him he was a violin player uh <laughs> so he would you know he would leave his room was always spotless but whenever he had dishes that he didn't do he would put them in the hallway so that his room could be clean but then there were dishes in the hallway and we were oh
0: like, my god <sighs> that's unbelievable people are so crazy are Just
1: the worst man but you know i always try to at least keep the areas around the house and you know during quarantine i definitely slacked off a little bit with that but still um the comparison between room and living room is still quite quite stark
0: (laughs) right you know what's interesting just you talking about like how you treat others versus how you treat yourself and having that like dynamic in your life i was listening to a another podcast i suppose this is like a plug for them um not, not that they need it because they're like one of the biggest podcasts in the world right um, <laughs> maybe uh, they'll th- plug you in return <laughs> doubtful <laughs> doubtful um it was the most recent episode of the tim Ferriss show and actually i think you might benefit from that show quite a bit it basically it's like how do you get your shit together as a human mm-hmm. being and yeah. live a life that's worth living <laughs> probably be a good one for me it would be but on the <laughs> on the most recent episode um I'm pulling up the guy's name. Oh, so Tim Ferriss, he talked to this guy named Dr. Jim Lower, Lear, something like that, Mm L-O-E-H-R, who was basically a, like a wellness slash like mental coach for Olympians. That was his, Mm -hmm. that's how he made his money. Interesting. And part of that conversation that they were having was everyone has like a uh, an internal coach right that voice in your head mm-hmm. right and a lot of this was uh in reference to sports and, and athletes right and the gist of it was is that coach nice to you is probably not right and i know yeah. i i'm <laughs> guilty of this right if i if i mess up you know it's most obvious when i'm doing something like athletic and reactionary. If right. I'm skiing and I like fuck up and I like hit a bump or something, um, my head goes to, what was
1: that, dumbass? Right. Like you know how to do this? <laughs> what are you doing?
0: Yeah, and this and that, this gets in your head,
1: right? My my mental coach is very reminiscent of uh, the teacher in drum, uh, not drumline. What's that movie? It's uh, the, Whiplash. Whiplash. There. We yeah, go. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> With um, what's his name? Uh, J.K. Simmons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um.
1: Yeah, mine's not
0: quite that aggressive, but right. It, it its intention is exactly the same. This this is and, the this is the part in the podcast where I plug therapy. Oh, for sure. Half of these episodes turn into like a mini therapy session. Anyway, right. I've had like <laughs> three guests go. Is this therapy?
1: <laughs> That's what happens when you talk about your childhood right? and <laughs> I go all that
0: Freudian bullshit. Yeah, and then I go, no, no. I don't. <laughs> think. I can't legally call it that. <laughs> well, <laughs> the problem is I ha- I, I'm I i not well equipped to do anything with the information right and I, I know I've made this joke for people that have listened to the, po- the past episodes but people will be like well that's why my mom never hugged me <laughs> and then I'm like hmm so what was your favorite birthday party <laughs> like I have nothing to do I can't do anything with so it so what was your favorite smell yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so pseudo therapy in any case um the, the whole point of that guy's conversation with the Olympic coach guy was basically conditioning yourself so that that voice, that coach, inner coach voice that you have, you would be proud of it being presented like on a jumbo screen hmm. or being broadcasted. Yeah. Right. Because it, I'm guilty of this. You're guilty of this. Like I treat others way better than I treat me.
1: Oh, for sure. Hence my new year's resolution of wanting to be more selfish right maybe i should make that my resolution as well
0: <laughs> i'm sure if you told people that they'd be
1: like really i sure about that yeah. <laughs> it's probably probably same reaction they'd have to most people saying that that's true but um but
0: i'll i'll, I'll send you some links and books and yeah, stuff yeah because sure. i think just from what you said that that it makes sense to get you in front of that that material yeah in any case raining it into something that's a little more positive all right let's
1: do it i mentioned this in that little little joke i had what was your favorite birthday my favorite birthday um it's probably my 13th birthday so you know right around the time i you know started hitting puberty and whatever uh, okay <laughs> you know obviously <laughs> there were some anxiety things that were building up in my main, in my mind and you know I was always afraid to have birthday parties when i was a kid because i was always afraid that like none of my friends actually liked me and weren't going to show up Uh, Mm. (laughs) but um so i told my mom i didn't want to do anything for my 13th birthday and my brother had had this big party the year before with a bunch of friends and you know in my head i was like i can't do that because i don't have enough friends to do it with but that wasn't you know obviously wasn't the reality but um so my dad had taken me out in the morning to go get breakfast and um we were going over to my mom's house to, you know, spend the rest of the day and have lunch. And it was just going to be like a small thing with, you know, a few of us. And uh, I opened the door and, you know, I hear surprise and, you know, all of my best friends come like running out of the door and they all tackled me to the floor. And it's <laughs> like me and like 15 other people. And um, we just went and we spent the day at the beach and, you know, just like threw a frisbee around and, you know, stupid kid shit. And it was super fun. But, yeah, yeah I was uh, I think I was very very grateful for that birthday in particular just because it was kind of a you know it's always nice to have a reminder that people actually do like you right <laughs> and right. uh you know right. the little coach in your head isn't always correct
0: right it's kind of validating that you are a liked person yeah. in the yeah. world
1: people were people were willing to go through the trouble of putting on a surprise birthday party for me so that's right really special one my mom was always great with that kind of stuff you know she's kind of the greatest she's she's uh, of the family she's probably the best gift giver you know she's always really good at uh, putting in time and effort to make sure my brother and i were happy which we're we're both very grateful
0: for sure i mean i mean whenever she would come to tallahassee or when we spent the weekend or whatever at the lake house with her and um and randy her boyfriend yeah I mean, she's always been super accommodating
1: mm-hmm Pleasant as hell, right? She's she's generous almost to a fault.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean she's yeah, just a a wonderful person, and I'm sure you uh, you saw the most of that, obviously being raised by her, for sure. Um, So no, that that is really nice. Um, that's a good birthday. Yeah, it was a great one. Now, complete opposite of that. What is your like go to most embarrassing story?
1: oh boy go to most embarrassing story um i'm gonna have to think about this for a minute you know it's funny because i i feel like i have so many strong embarrassing stories from my college days that looking back into my childhood it's like (laughs) (laughs) maybe they've all been blocked out (laughs) you can Um, pull from the college days if you want
0: we were still most of them are
1: performance related so not Uh, not uh very relatable um Oh, I've got a good one. I've got, I've okay. So um I was like twelve or thirteen or fourteen, you know, okay. old enough yeah. to be embarrassed by literally anything. Um well, that's prime embarrassment age. So I, I played I played violin for twelve years growing up and mm-hmm. every year um my teacher would have a recital and um you know we get on stage in front of it was always like kind of a smaller deal. but i she had a pretty big studio it's like 25 or 30 kids sure. um and you know each of them would bring like at least one or two people sometimes more so you know it's like a you know 70 80 person audience for you know, uh, a bunch of little kids so it's kind of intimidating oh for sure um but i had gotten up on stage and i you know this you know what i what i thought was a really terrible performance but i looked back on it later and was like oh, i was fine but then to my horror i realized that the entire performance my fly was down and i was wearing black <laughs> pants and bright red superman underwear and every single time i moved and like i moved a lot when i was a kid because you know, I would, I would watch, you know, Joshua Bell videos and he's moving his ass all over the place, dancing right. like a crazy motherfucker. So it's like, that's what you have to do to be good at the violin. Yeah, complete um, expressiveness. Every single time I moved, the red would pop out of my pants. And I was just like, I, I was, I, 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 I practically forced my dad to delete the video. I was like, nobody can ever see oh this. This God. is the most humiliating thing that's ever happened to me. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic.
1: Yeah, that is so good. <laughs> it's pretty pretty embarrassing. I mean at least you got it out of the way early. Yeah, yeah. I mean there, there's got to be there's got to be some more embarrassing stories in there, but man, I That's try not to think about out. this too much these days. <laughs> all of mine were throw up related. Really? Oh, I had a good throw up related one. By oh, all man. means, man, take it away. So <laughs> So I, I actually, uh, after this incident, I had a horrible, horrible fear of vomiting for the, I mean, still to this day, really. I mean, uh, you know, in college, when I would go out drinking and everything, I would do take literally every precaution imaginable to make sure that I wouldn't throw up or, mm-hmm. you know, I would, you know, sometimes like to the point where I would sometimes have panic attacks if I felt like I was going to throw up and I wasn't oh in an area where, uh, I could get away safely and hide. Um, but. I had been to a Triple Crown like race party or something, you know that that the Kentucky Derby. That was it. Uh, okay. Um, is so I, I, had a, I had a couple really good uh, family friends growing up that were from Kentucky. Uh, mm-hmm. Their names were the Udawitzes. Um Very nice Jewish family. Ah. Um, there were Jews that were super into the Derby. Yeah, was
0: that kind is kind of not funny. part of our tribe, but all yeah, right. <laughs> they grew
1: up. They grew up in Louisville, but right. uh, yeah um so they had a derby party and there was something that they made there it was probably was it a drink um no it wasn't a drink this was oh. this was uh, 11th grade um, okay or no it might have been senior year it actually it was senior year because my brother was off in college mm-hmm. uh, and he was back in town visiting and um so something that i ate there you know my stomach had been feeling kind of funky all day and i got home from school was still feeling like kind of weird but you know nothing terrible and my brother needed me to drive him to work because we only had the one car um, between the two of us uh, and he ended up taking that off to college and I took my grandma's and whatever Um, and so I was driving him to work and right as I dropped him off I started feeling really really awful Mm -hmm. and my brother worked on this one lane road it was a really really major road in our hometown Weston um and it was going into this shopping center like a really populated shopping center it had like a movie theater you know wings plus there are all these like good fancy restaurants in there and whatever and there was an ice cream shop that he worked at uh where i was dropping him off and so i was pulling out and i get up to the stoplight and i was the first car at the stoplight so nobody could get by me and the light turned green and my mouth started like profusely watering and i was like this is it Mm -hmm. it's showtime and so i put my car in park and I ran out around to the grass, and there was a line of, like, 15 or 16 cars piling up behind me while I was hurling my guts out. And people, you know, you, you'd think they'd, like, see a teenager throwing up on the side of the road and be like, oh, sweetie, are you okay? Like, Not is everything in Florida. Fine? What? They're like, fuck you, man. This guy, like, drove by <laughs> in a truck. was like, get your ass out of the road, you fucking kid. He probably thought I was hungover or something, but I was like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and um, I, I felt like I was dying. I'd, you know, I did my oh, yeah. mom ended up taking me to the hospital and was like oh, He's been throwing up for like five straight hours. We don't know Jeez. what's wrong with him. But then later we found out my friend had also been throwing up all day. The the uh the son of, you know, Noah Udowitz, uh he had also been throwing up all day, but she refused to accept accountability for it. She was like, There's no way it was something that I cooked and we are like, <laughs> All right, whatever. <laughs> God, yeah, no, that's that's nuts, man. No sense placing the blame, but, man, that was a not fun time. Very yeah, for embarrassing. Sure. Yeah, you were expecting empathy and compassion out of Floridians? Right. <laughs> yeah, My. especially we, we were getting into the the kind of redneck-y part of Florida, too, because uh, mm-hmm. it was, like, right on the border of uh, where the really uh, kind of nicer, high-end part of Weston was, and right. then At- going into the the of everglades part of Weston.
0: Yeah. The no-teeth people.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to tell you, I don't miss Florida at all. Yeah, there are things I miss about it. Really? Well, you were yeah. a big beach guy. Yeah, big beach guy. Um, you know, I miss the warm weather. I miss never having to wear long sleeves in my life. I'm a big fan of uh, not shivering. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not very sweaty either, so the heat was never a problem for me.
0: Ah, uh, see, that's where that's where it's an issue for me.
1: Yeah, Because I'm not 160 like you. Right. 160. Um that's that's generous. I used to be 160. Now I'm like uh, 145. Oh, uh, you, you you got all slinky. Yeah, now I'm all, all wanky. I got to start hitting the gym again.
0: <laughs> when those are open and it's not all pandemic right. outside.
1: Right. kind of the, the kind of guy all your viewers are going to hate. It's like, he's he's complaining about being 145. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me and mom her like I just want to be under
0: 400.
1: right right here's here's the link to my home address you can send your hate mail here (laughs) (laughs) so we've talked a lot
0: about like your folks and what we haven't talked about is your brother you brought him up a lot but we haven't uh really dived into that what was what was your relationship with him like growing up
1: so my brother and i um we're like very different in just about every way you could possibly imagine. So sure. for anybody, you know, just listening, I'm like, I'm like five eleven, very pale skin, like pacey to the point of being pink. I've got red hair, brown eyes. My brother is five foot seven. Olive skin, blue eyes, brown hair, really stocky, like pretty muscular. We look nothing alike. Most people, you know, don't even believe that we're related at all. But really? that's kind of how our parents look. Yeah. I, we have we have oh, no. we definitely I, have similar features. You know, yeah. we've both got the forehead and the nose. Yeah, that gives uh, it away for me. Yeah. But other than that, you know, people look at us and they're like, You guys, there's no way your brothers like something had to have happened there. <laughs> but uh, questioning um, your parents' fidelity, isn't that nice? Right, right. Always. <laughs> But, um, you know, it's funny, though. The red hair actually comes from my dad's side because uh, his mother is a uh, redhead. Mm. So it just skipped a g- generation. True. But um, my brother and I, we were always looking to be exactly the opposite of each other in pretty mm-hmm. much everything we did. Um, I think it was also kind of, you know, jokingly encouraged by our parents because it was always something they laughed about how different we were. Uh, right. You know, I would always, you know, we got our Pokemon games. I had to have blue. He had to have red. Um you know i liked basketball he had to like something he, like he was baseball or football or whatever right. um and we just both had very very different strengths as well so i think there were some things that we would play together that you know <laughs> we, we were both also i think very competitive with one another too so sure. there were um you know things that one of us would enjoy doing more and the other would enjoy doing more um but you know i think we as far as as far as siblings go, I think we had a pretty um, civil relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we definitely got into uh, a lot of arguing. You know, I was a lot more messy than him. He always, you know, kind of preferred to keep a much cleaner space. Um, and uh, but you know, once we once we graduated from high school and everything, we we shared a room for pretty much our entire childhood. So there was obviously a lot of headbutting um, that uh, happened between you know two very different people. Um, right, but. Once we, you know, got off into college and had our own living space, you know, our, our relationship kind of became much more amicable.
0: Sure. How did your folks handle, like, babysitting whenever they um, would leave? Because you guys are, what, two years apart?
1: A year and a half. Oh, okay. So
0: Yeah, real close.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, Actually, I don't really – I think we only really ever had a babysitter up until we were, like they, – they started leaving us alone at a pretty young age. You know, we, mm-hmm. we lived in a really uh, – safe area it was very right. low crime uh, so i think um i was i was probably like nine or ten when they started leaving me home right. on but my own was um, it like a
0: oh on your was it was it like a devins in charge situation or
1: was yeah it, it was like, kind of just like you know get along don't be don't be idiots like right. see <laughs> so you guys you guys know how to handle yourselves uh dinners in the fridge um but really um it was, I think it was pretty easy for my parents, uh, socially speaking, because we would switch between parents. It was always uh, Monday, Wednesday, we're at my mom's house, Tuesday, Thursday, we're at my dad's house, and then every other weekend they would switch off. So they had a lot of time where they could, you know, go off and kind of do their own thing. Uh, so I true. think as far as uh, having a social life as a parent, the whole divorce situation was a pretty sweet deal. <laughs> right. It, you know, it's interesting because, like,
0: you are. You and Devin are very close in age. Sarah and her brother, Taylor, are not as for they're th- three, three years apart. Yeah. And it was never, because uh, Sarah's the older one, it was never like, oh, Sarah's in charge when she was growing up. Right. It was just like they waited until an age where her younger brother was old enough to stay home alone. <laughs> and then that's when they could be left alone. Like, that's right. That's how it <laughs> Whereas for me, my brother and I are four and a half years apart. Hmm. And then my sister and I are uh, al- Many uh, 11, <laughs> 11 and a half years apart. Yeah. So I was the free babysitter.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: And that was not a recipe for No success. allowance or anything? <laughs> no. Oh. The allowance was the roof over my head. <laughs> Dang. And, and dinner on the <laughs> table. That was... Yeah. Um, but that was just like, that doesn't work. When I'm fifteen, watching an eleven and a four-year-old, yeah, yeah, the
1: eleven-year-old is probably the bigger issue. The four-year-old, oh, the
0: four-year-old is easy. We would just watch all her Barbie cartoon movies until she fell asleep. And I'm taught all of them: Barbie Fairytopia, Barbie (laughs) Mermaidia, Barbie, Barbie. There's something with like an Atlantis one.
1: How many? How many of them can you quote from memory, though?
0: I can't quote any of the lines. (laughs) the, The story structures are always the same. Yeah, here's this Barbie girl.
1: This is what her magical version is in this movie. You Here's, could probably do one of those, like I made a bot watch, you know, a thousand hours much, of yeah, Barbie yeah. movies and ma- told it to write the first yeah. page of its own.
0: Every Barbie has a comic relief pet, and they're small and they always kind of float because their wings, like physically speaking, shouldn't keep them flying, but there's magic, so it does. Right. So they're cute Obviously. and chunky and they're comic relief, and they don't speak; they just go right. and, like that. around nice. a little yeah. bit. And then there's the evil witch. She's always a brunette because, I don't know. <laughs> I guess brunette women are evil in the Barbie
1: yeah. world. In in Barbie world. Yes. The blonde then, ones are the pure ones. Yeah, exactly. That's very a regressive. Little, uh, that's a
0: little Aryan for my taste. Right. but
1: uh, <laughs> the Very, very regressive uh, uh, viewpoints in those Barbie yes, movies.
0: Yes. It's a little third Reiki for me. But, right. <laughs> <okay>. Anyway. <laughs> And then Barbie either does one of two things. She either convinces the bad guy to change their mind because the Barbie is so powerful with her powers of good, Mm. or the bad guy ends up banished to some other dimension. And in that dimension, there's typically mushrooms of some kind.
1: See, little did Barbie know that's the best dimension to be sent to. What? (laughs) The mushroom land. No, that is my nightmare. (laughs) So in anything, i think we're talking about different kinds of mushrooms here really. oh i see
0: <laughs> i am not familiar with uh with the uh the portland strain of mushroom hmm. yeah, even
1: though it's... i am i have i have also yet to become familiar with that uh, but that's something that's that that one you... of my new year's resolutions for oh, sure oh i
0: see <laughs> your your resolution is to hey oregon pass that bill decriminalizing well, it's, it's, it we it's, it's actually visit. legal in dc too oh is it really yeah
1: yep hmm
0: well, yeah, they had that mayor that was like doing coke off of like his secretary's back for like twenty years. <laughs> yeah, I might have pretty... the I might have the story wrong, but wait, Bill Clinton? No, <laughs> <laughs> no. There's a mayor of D.C. I can't remember his name, but he was like, there's a whole. He went to jail for like snorting coke in his office, like pretty regularly. And sounds he pretty got, D.C. Then he got out of jail, and then he won the mayoral uh, election again. Post jail. It's all about were, that
1: name recognition. People were just like,
0: you know, he was fun. Let's get him back in. <laughs> yeah. In any case. In any case. Sister was easy because I would just watch her Barbie movies until she fell asleep. And then, yes, my, my brother Evan, um, who actually was in the... Who was my interview for the episode before this one. Um, growing up, we would butt heads a lot just because we were always... We were always at like completely conflicting developmental stages. Mm. If he's eleven; that's when right. he's at his like most like I'm about to start changing. Mm-hmm. And I'm fifteen. I'm like I'm a grown up. Like piss off. Right. right? I and know everything. Just, <laughs> it just doesn't. It doesn't work.
1: Yeah. If my, I think I think my parents knew very well that if they ever tried to put my brother in charge of me, I would have been like, fuck that.
0: <laughs> right. And it, what's the phrase? It's like power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely, or something like yeah. that. Something like that. When you say Justin's in charge, and I'm 15, I'm just like, this is going to be a reign of terror, unlike yeah. <laughs> anything you've seen before.
1: <laughs> Get ready for the worst night of your life, kid. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Oh, there were several calls to my parents when they were at dinner for my brother going, Justin screaming again. <laughs> <laughs> but I was free, so <laughs> I was the babysitter they could afford for date night. Right. Right. Overlord Justin. Oh, yes. So... All right, I've got one last question for you. And this All is right. a fun one. All right, let's and hear then it. And we'll, no, uh, we'll wrap this up. Who were your childhood celebrity
1: or cartoon crushes? Um, uh, Definitely got to go with um, Katara from Avatar. Had a Ooh, big yeah. crush on Katara. Yeah. Yeah. Um, jessica alba when the fantastic four mm-hmm. movie came out was a yeah that was a big a big one for me for sure and your, uh that was your sexual awakening oh yeah yeah and then you know we're all we're all we were all i think big fans of hermione granger and harry potter so that, of course. Was, a, that was that's yeah. one of mine yeah yeah so those are i think i think i was uh, i was a very when it comes to like the women i was attracted to when i was a child it was very basic yeah, just like <laughs> so down yeah, the it was, was very creative for sure
0: my, mine were all basically anyone on nickelodeon that was
1: like right. that was mine <laughs> oh yeah that's uh, ariana grande before everybody knew she was amazing mm-hmm. oh yeah and for me back in her victorious
0: days yes yes she was she was on my list and stayed on my list until probably about a year and a half ago
1: Oh, she's still on my list. <laughs> well, well,
0: my problem is when she started tattooing her hands all crazy. Mm. See like, that that's not a
1: that's not a deal breaker for me. No, well, not at all. Actually, I don't think I've every single girl I've ever been with has had a tattoo. Actually, thinking about it, that's that's not intentional. I think I, you know, you use dig it. It's just the kind of people that are into me too.
0: <laughs> people that go to vegan cafes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure Katara would have feelings for you too. I'm sure. Yeah. I, I. actually. Now that I'm thinking about this, I don't know if that relationship would work.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know about would, that. I think she could beat the
0: shit out of me. Well, I'm not really into that. I <laughs> feel like you would be far too intimidated by her.
1: Yeah, for sure. But who wouldn't be other than the Avatar? Right. She had one option. Right. Really, she that had was, two. That was she, the only guy she could ever be with. Yeah. And was she, either, did she nail it? It was either going to
0: be the Avatar or the Fire Lord. Like that's yeah. who she got to pick from. Right. If only we could all have those kind of options, right? Right. <laughs> God, that's fine. All right, well, we got to wrap this one up. But Cool, cool. I appreciate you unboxing your childhood. I hope we didn't reveal anything too, no, too, no. too
1: personal. Nothing too damaging. No? <laughs> yeah. Uh, th- 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 I, was, I was a little worried going into it. I was like, what am I going to be talking about here? <laughs> How just, depressing is this going to get? <laughs> nah,
0: just fun stories. We yeah. just try to... 2020 was a shit show, so... Uh, this show was born out of wanting to, like, look back on something nice. Yeah. So Good idea. So with that, thank you. Yeah, I'll send no you the follow-up to all those, like, fix your brain books. <laughs>
1: cool. I'll be show. waiting for them. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. All right, buddy. Appreciate yeah. you. No problem. Alrighty. Talk to you later.